Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Let's go to the phones. And joining us is Nate Polinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well. I don't know if you heard my little diatribe there when I was talking, but I believe you go on some very special hunting and fishing trips with your dad. I, I do, absolutely. We, uh, For sure, when I was younger, we did every ad- adventure under the sun, and we still get out for sure. We went out uh, on Monday, actually, got out there in some hail, some rain, uh, pushed all the elements. But, yeah, try to try to get out as much as possible. Yeah, I think that the outdoors, especially if you're exposed to it when you're young, just can change your life. I mean, it's ruined ours. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's consumed every, every ounce of it, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it has. So what is going on out there? You know, Terry, we got a lot of stuff going on. You know, I uh, kind of on the hunting and the fishing side. So we'll start off kind of on the fishing side. Despite Mother Nature, right? I, I mean, we're still getting snow in the high country. Uh, I keep trying to, to, you know, find some bigger critters up in the, the high country above tree line, and it's still snowing. We had four inches of snow a couple of days ago up high. So a lot of snow in the high country, but despite the temperatures, um, a lot of our fish are starting to reach the summer pattern, at least in the high country. Um, in the last, call it three days, um, we really saw that, like, Stillwater flybite at Spinney and Caro uh, finally change over. Normally, that bite is is you know basically call it May tenth to the end of May. You know we usually taper in just a little bit of June. This year it went strong to about the fourteenth. Uh, this week, you know fifteenth, sixteenth, so Thursday, Friday ish, uh, we started to see a fade out of that. And basically, what causes that? is when we really increased the bugs. So it was very strong on a, a smaller midge hatch, uh, a larger midge, those big buffalo midges in South Park. Now we have calabatus, we have damsels, we have trigus, we have a million different bugs hatching. We saw that the trout are now spreading out at spinning, which is kind of slower or, or not great ideas for the fly fishermen. Really good opportunity for the conventional tackle fishermen. It's just going to spread those fish out so that, the conventional tackle angler is going to have a lot more opportunity at South Park with both Spinney and Antero. So we're excited about that. We're starting to see the weeds start to catch up with the water growth at Spinney, uh, 11 miles. So our trolling pike bite, there still is a trolling bite, but we're definitely starting to see the, the crossover into the summer patterns for pike. So we're now switching over to casting techniques. Uh, I know you and I personally talked a few weeks ago about fishing big spinner baits and, and bucktails um, for, for those big pike. We're now starting to see that come into effect. Really just started in the last day or so, but from now until almost fall, we're going to see the spinner baits really coming on strong, the, the jerk baits coming on strong, uh, more the casting style for those pike coming on strong. So that's definitely a summer pattern that we're just now kind of starting to see. And then lastly, especially in the high country, we are just now starting to see those lakers move deep, which same thing. Usually in early June, they start migrating deep. Um, Just in the last day or so, uh, we're starting to see those bigger lake trout start to slide out of that 
you know, 30 foot of water and shallower. Uh, still have a handful of fish in that 40, 50 feet, or sometimes some of those bigger lakers even drop down into the 60, 70-ish foot mark. So seems like the lakers are just now kind of moving in and, and kind of getting settled into their summer patterns. Um, so that's kind of the, the ticket there. Uh, I would say Chatfield is really settled down. Uh, water is still high. Water is still screaming in, so the water level has not changed. But in the past five, six days, it really seems like the patterns are holding. Um, we've been doing good the entire time at Chatfield during this high water, you know, kind of, you know, new fishery. Um, but our fish have really been moving around from day to day. I've been catching them in different spots. But over the course of the last four or five days, things have really settled. We're catching fish in the same spots, the same patterns. So it's nice. So if you get out there, find some fish we have jig bites we have crankbait bites we have live bait bites going on um but but those fish are are going pretty strong and we've had them all over the place and in the last couple days as long as you're fishing in eight to 14 feet of water that's where those walleyes are at they're inside the trees they're just outside of the trees they're on every little point coming out of that body of water um but eight to 14 feet in out of the trees or on a point you're going to catch walleyes. And again, it's, it's great to see these fish kind of holding to a pattern. So I think that's going to last, you know, well up into middle of July with this current bite we're on right now. So that's going good. And then Cherry Creek continues to fish really well. So, so fishing is very good, but definitely seeing some changes in the high country as the fish move into the summer patterns. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I want to go circle back to spinning real quick. I assume with this water, the water level at spinning has really corrected itself. It was so low in the beginning. And you and I, when we talked about those spinnerbaits, uh, throwing a spinnerbait with a higher water over the tops of the weeds. Uh, now, I don't fish spinny the way you do. I'm not as adept at it. But I, I went one time with a spinnerbait out there, and I caught, just casting a spinnerbait over the tops of those weeds, I caught three pike approaching 40 inches that day. It can be a, something that you don't have to be maybe the most proficient angler, and you can still make it work. Wouldn't you agree? I agree 100%. And I will say the the trolling bite that we've been doing since it opened, you know, so three weeks or so, we've been on a trolling bite with planer boards, and it is very precise. I mean, to the point where we're checking our line counters almost daily to make sure they're accurate. And it was very much a precision bite. Now that we're getting into that casting bite, it, it, I agree 100%. Anybody has these opportunities. The two things that I would pass on to people um, with the spinner baits are a few concepts. Number one, color. It is light or dark. We don't really go with a lot of bright colors, not a lot of chartreuses. I would go with your whites or grays or your, your black. So kind of a lighter shade of color uh, or a darker shade. You can keep it very simple. You run a, a white spinnerbait or a black spinnerbait, you're going to catch fish. Play with your blade color a little bit, silver, gold, nickel, uh, bronze. That can come into effect, have some little slight you know, change-ups of that. But the biggest thing with the spinnerbait is get them as low as possible. The average angler wants to fish a spinnerbait too fast. You want to be nicking the top of those weeds, just like you said, Terry. These weeds will make a perfect flat. So you want to cast above them, work those baits just above the, the weed line to where every so often you're hitting weeds. If you're burning it up high, those pike don't want to leave the security, leave the blanket of those weeds. You want to make it as easy as possible on those big pikes. So 
just run those spinnerbaits slow, just nicking the tops of those weeds, uh, and that is surefire. And the other thing, cover ground until you catch fish. When you start catching fish, hang out for a little bit. If you're not catching fish, keep moving. Um, I see a lot of pike anglers camp out in a spot too long. Spinnerbaits cover water efficiently. They cast far. They retrieve in fairly quick, even when you're going slow, nicking the top of those weeds. They draw fish in with their flash and vibration from quite a distance. So it's not something that you have to grind on. Make some casts. If they're not there, keep moving. Use your electric motor. Cruise around. Um, search the fish out. When you start catching them, you know, there's a lot of times where you'll have big pods. You know, you have 5, 10, 15 fish in, you know, an acre section. So cover water until you start catching. Once you start catching, kind of hold tight. Lastly, and kind of the biggest thing, I see a lot of anglers this time of year that will catch a small pike and get discouraged right now um especially at spinny some of the other fishers are a little different but at spinny um if you catch a 25 inch pike you know a little hammer handle like that that is that's a good sign our big fish and our little fish are fairly mingled up right now uh spring and fall we see a separation our summer patterns for those fish um you know i wouldn't say they necessarily seek each other out but if you find a pattern where you're catching pike color uh speed you know technique wise keep doing it it's one of those things that i don't avoid little fish like if i catch a little fish when i'm lake trout fishing it's a bad sign and i move on with pike it is not a bad sign so just build patterns until you start catching fish once you start catching fish slow down and and kind of you know pick it apart and you're gonna end up with some big fish and i will say this year we've seen more 44s and 45 inch fish than we've seen in a lot of years so if you want that opportunity of a giant pike if if you want to skip the trip to canada uh, i promise you you have just as good odds right here in Colorado of catching a true giant uh, as you do dang near about anywhere in the country right now. And the last question before we move on to some other things, the water level at Spinney, I assume it's come up near full? It is. It is not full yet, but it is climbing and climbing and climbing. They keep wetting quite a bit out, but it has came up significantly um, since, obviously, the, the spring of the season. Uh, so it's coming up a lot. We have a lot of fishable water, easily you know, able to launch boats and deal with boats. Uh, but there is still a little bit of room to still hold more, but water conditions are good. What about Pueblo? Have you heard anything about Pueblo? I heard Pueblo was really fishing well now. Pueblo is fishing very well. And Pueblo's had a significant amount of changes if you haven't been there in a while. So uh, number one concept, tons of water in it. So the body of water uh, is full. So a lot of cool structure, a lot of opportunity for all techniques. There is hard bottom uh, pieces where you can live bait rig, jig on the ground. Um, there's a lot of like submerged bushes and shrubbery that you can fish, you know, crankbaits over. You can swim little paddle tails over. Um, you know, you can flip bobber over. And then probably the most significant, there is some fairly significant uh, weed base growing in there. Like Skier's Cove has weeds almost all the way to the surface. Um, so there's a, a major weed bloom going on down there um, that has added a lot of cover to the fish. Um, it seems like whatever is drawing that in with the bait fish, it's making it a little easier on the walleyes to feed. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the walleye this fat uh, and this healthy in Pueblo. I mean, I would say these fish are 25 to 
30% heavier per fish um, than I've seen in my career down there at Pueblo. So really good fish. And, and those thicker weeds, I think it's just adding protection to them. Um, it's a really neat. I think, I think it's going to become a tremendous fish here. We're going to see uh, a major growth in those fish over the next couple of years. And I think you're going to see uh, people even doing a major turnover that used to seek out McConaughey, seek out Glendo for bigger fish, starting to go down to Pueblo. So, so exciting about that. Um, I will say, you know, fishing those weeds, um, you know, you're starting to look at other techniques. Like I, I think the, the art of slip bobbering carry uh, is something that is a common technique for you and I. Uh, it's a common technique for anybody that fishes the Midwest. If you are a diehard, born and bred Colorado angler, uh, it seems like our Western traditions do not really bring on the slip bobbers as much as people think. It's fairly rare for me to see people out slip bobbering. And I'll tell you, with the weed growth and the, and the bushes down there at Pueblo, if you are good at slip bobbering, you want to learn how to slip bobber, that is a technique right now that will absolutely catch you a pile of fish, really at any we're in Colorado, but specifically at Pueblo. And I encourage people, you have it on your YouTube channel. I have it on my YouTube channel. We're not talking about bobbers where you set the depth like a red and white where you peg it. We're talking slip bobbers with bobber stops. Uh, but if you get proficient at using a slip bobber, setting your depth correctly, uh, you can catch a lot of fish. So I'd encourage people to watch your channel, watch my channel, uh, learn how to do that, and you're going to catch some fish. All right, my friend, we have a couple minutes left. Let's switch over. I know that people need to be out scouting. How important is it since we're so late with this cold weather? I'll tell you, Terry, I think it's important for a couple reasons. Um, number one, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I've had a lot of questions following up with that, but we had major changes. You know, that whole northwest corner had a winter kill, uh, reduction of tags, animals moving around and migrating. So I think in a lot of areas, our populations, whether they're down or they have moved around because of significant snow, uh, things have changed up. The Right now, the elk are calving all over the state so we have calves hitting the ground everywhere once those calves hit the ground those cows are a little bit more reluctant to not make major moves so where they're at now they're going to be at for a while so it's great to scout because you have time to find animals build patterns all of that type stuff so uh it's significant to get out there and do that and with the high country having so much snow uh it's going to be one of those things that's going to be kind of neat to see what that has the effect i assume that once the snow's gone they're still going to see a major migration and push up into that really high country um but with so much moisture so much you know changing up um i think it's going to be a different year so i encourage you to get out there build patterns um i know i talked to a lot of waterhole hunters that i can tell you right now um it's going to be a little bit harder to hunt a waterhole uh i mean i went out the other day and just went into one of my drainages that normally has two significant wallows so i have two areas that the animals get their their water from they drink from all of that type source um and on a year like this where i had two i had 15 now i mean every nook and cranny has water in it every drainage that never had water flowing is a river um so everything is just kind of different so get out there find animals learn the new terrain just kind of i think go into the season with more knowledge scout everything you can because you never know what it's going to bring we don't know if this is going to start drying up or if the rain's going to continue uh but i think it's a it's a big deal to, to scout and build every piece of in, you know, intelligence and education you can to help you have a successful hunt this coming fall. All right, my friend, we have about a minute left. You got any activities coming up and how do people get a hold of you? Absolutely. You know, we're, uh, we're always out on the water. We're still guiding pike, still guiding lake trout, ton of walleye, 
getting into the carp thing. Uh, so we have everything going. So you can always find us on our Facebook page, Tightline Outdoors, website, tightlineoutdoors.com. And Terry, I just want to do a, a quick shout out. This last week, we had our catch rate event on Wednesday. Uh, it was a really special one, kind of honoring our great friend, J.J. Branson, who we lost last year uh, in early July. And I'll tell you, Terry, it was our biggest Wednesday event ever. We had over 80 bass anglers showing up, which is a huge shout out to the Denver Bass masters there their whole club came out uh they did a lot of support for us uh we had just shy of 80 on the walleye side uh it was a huge event i think a lot of people are starting to realize that catch rate is not a tournament it's not the normal you know situation where you have to be scared and, hey am i good enough it's like a bowling league it's a time to get out meet new friends catch fish you know have pizza have a good time so uh just a shout out and a thank you to everybody that supported catch rate we have some great ones coming it up we have a youth event coming up in early july we have our cast event at the end so a lot of stuff happening go to our website watch our facebook pages uh but yeah a lot of events and we'd love to get you out at them all right my friend we'll talk to you next week we'll talk to you soon thank you all right nate Zelinski, i was a tremendous resource real quick somebody uh asked how blue mesa is fishing we had the folks from blue mesa on a couple weeks ago and they said the fishing has been just phenomenal. The lake has come up. The water is high. Now, whether that water has dispersed the fish or not, I don't know. I'll get a hold of them, get them back on. But in the meantime, if you just go to GSO Fishing, GSO Fishing, that's Gunnison Sports Outfitters Fishing, they post updates every uh, regu- regularly or get a hold of them. They'll help you out. They're just really good people. We'll take a time out and we come back. We're going to talk about an easy way to take a kid out, have them had fun and catch some fish on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Um, speaking of jacks, let's go to the phones. And joining us from the Loveland East Store is Bill Berglund. Good morning, Bill. Morning, Terry. How's it going? You know, things are going well. Looks like we're going to get a change in the weather, and we're going to get some true almost summer conditions. And, boy, fishing is taking off everywhere. We've been talking a lot about it. We've also been talking about Father's Day. Now, I want to talk to you about some sales and some opportunities you have going on at the store but first, you and I were talking, and we I've been talking a lot about getting kids out fishing, youth, or even beginning fishermen going out and enjoying. And you think there's one technique that really could be used a lot more and people would catch more fish and find it more enjoyable and doesn't take a lot of special gear. Tell us about it. I'm kind of partial to getting the kids and the new fishermen out using a technique called bubble and fly. You use a little float. Uh, put a fly anywhere from two to four feet behind it, cast it out there, let it settle, give it a slow retrieve, let it settle, give it a slow retrieve, let it settle. The fish love to hit it on the fall. Uh, keeps kids active, keeps them interested. You give a kid a worm on a hook and tell them they got to sit there, they lose interest real quick. But keeping the kid uh, active, yeah. you know. No, go ahead. Yeah, keeping the kid active, especially once they catch a fish or two, you hooked the fisherman for life, so it, it's a hell of a good technique. Well, and, and they can do it on trout or panfish. It has a lot of applications around, doesn't it? It does. Um, the uh, ponds around here, like River's Edge, St. Rain, Simpson Ponds, uh, you'll tear up the little panfish on them. We sell a particular fly called Pistol Pete. They're from High Country Flies down in Alamosa, and they've got a propeller on them. 
So when you're doing that slow retrieve on them, that propeller spins and creates a vibration in the water. The fish just can't resist, and they hit it like 90 miles an hour. It's, it's a lot of fun to catch fish on them. It really is. It's You know, it's kind of a, a an offshoot of a technique that I teach a lot of kids uh, using the fish panfish, where we take just a simple little pencil bobber and clip it on about two feet above the line and put an unweighted hook. And we'll put either a piece of a jar piece of a small piece of gulp or a piece of worm or a, some insect on there, or you could put a fly on that too. It'd be the same thing. And if everybody's ever stood on a dock and you throw a breadcrumb or a piece of bait in off the dock, you'll see the panfish and the small trout even come right up and grab it while it's falling. It's just a triggering effect. And so what you're doing with this, they, they that fly settles down, and if they don't hit it, like you said, the People don't like sitting and waiting, so they can do a couple real turns. It comes back to the top and settles back down again, and it just ends up being deadly on small trout and panfish. And you can use it in the mountains. You can you can use it on rivers even. You can use it you can use it on almost all the ponds up and down the front range. But you don't need a lot of high end fishing gear to do it, do you? No, just a real basic rod and reel. You could do it with a little bamboo rod if you wanted to. It doesn't require a big investment in equipment doesn't require a huge learning curve. It's just something quick and easy to get them out there on the water. Now, if I wanted to do it with, say, uh, a Zebco 202, which every kid grew up with in the 60s, that was everybody had one, What or a, combina- or a combo like that from Pure Fishing or somebody, what kind of money do I have to spend? Uh, it seems like a 202 is right around 10 to 12 bucks in a combo. I mean, they're inexpensive as heck. And you, really, you're, you're fishing small fish, and you don't need big, elaborate drag systems. And it just, all you got to do is efficiently make a short cast. You don't even have to cast that far. And just really get some started. And it's a good way. You come in, you buy a couple setups, you get them out fishing, and it just uh, couldn't be better. But we got Father's Day coming to two. Oh, you know, I, you and I talked before we move on. A great place to look to where to try this technique. Is we posted the fishing report on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and in that fishing report, there's a stocking report. Now, when they first stock those trout, they stay pretty close to shore. So I would think looking for a freshly stocked body of water would be great, wouldn't you? That never hurts. Never hurts. Now, it's Father's Day tomorrow, plus you have all kinds of special sales. Uh, first of all, you have your bargain of the week. What's your bargain of the week this week there at Jack's? Bargain of the week on the hunting fishing side is if you spend fifty dollars on ammo, you get a free thirty caliber ammo can. If you spend a hundred bucks, it's a fifty caliber can. Lawn and Garden has a special of the week. I don't recall off the top of my head, but it seems like it's a garden bed for about half price, so it's a heck of a deal over there. Right, and in addition to that, you're having Father's Day sales, I believe, like rod and reel combos. Tell me about those. Oh yeah. We've got you know sales throughout the store, camping bikes, footwear, apparel, power tools, lawn and garden equipment. But on our side of the store, I've got combos for 30% off. i got Fluger Reels, President XTs are $30 off. Um, I've got uh, 12-gauge Target Ammo is on sale. Uh, 22 Bulk Ammo is on sale. Oh, what else do I have? Uh, <laughs> Voodoo Tactical you know, Pins are on sale. Boonie Hats are on sale. I mean, there's there's a lot. Come on down. No, that... that- President XT, that's a heck of a reel. I think it normally sells for around $80. Is that right? 
They're normally ninety nine bucks, and they're on sale for sixty nine. I tell you what, that reel. Um, they used to be a big sponsor of my television show. I don't get paid by them anymore, so this is an unpaid <laughs> endorsement. I, um, but I, I did a lot with the Fluger reels. The two reels they supplied me with were Fluger and Abu Garcia, and the President and the President XT are such capable reels. Uh, you know, you buy it, you can get a combo, like you said, for fifteen to thirty dollars. And most of those, they last a year or two, and then the bushings wear out, and you replace them, and you understand that, and that's fine if you do a lot of fishing, but they're great starters for kids. But when you're ready to move up a little bit, you want to take that president and maybe pair it with a little bit more of a rod. And with this sale going on, you probably could be looking at, you know, 100 to 150 bucks for a rod that I wouldn't be afraid to go out and fish a major tournament with. That's fact. I've got a couple of XTs on my rod, on my uh, boat. Both of them are riding on Fenwicks. I've got a couple of St. Croix rods on my boat with other reels, but yeah, nothing like a good rod and reel combo. So if people want to get out and do this fly in a bubble, I think you've got a pretty good supply of flies there now, and you probably got the casting bubbles, right? Yes, sir. We've got regular bubbles. We've got torpedo bubbles. I've got a fly table now with over 650 spaces in it filled up, plus, of course, the Pistol Peak flies we were talking about earlier. And I'll tell you, folks, even if you have a rod and reel that you think you need maybe to put a little fly on, you want to get down to four-pound or six-pound test, and you have eight or ten, if you get the kind of casting bubbles that you can tie to both ends, you can tie to that casting bubble and then just put a two- or three-foot liter of lighter test on there, and it'll work just fine. I'll tell you a lake that that flying bubble is just deadly at, Bill, and that's go up, and it's probably just getting ready now. And and that's up at the top of Cameron Pass at Joe Wright. Those, when you get into the end of June, into July, when those uh, grayling are up there, a casting, uh, I've got a film about that, in fact, on my YouTube channel. We just show with a casting bubble from the shore. Probably could catch 50 or 100 of them. Oh, I imagine. You know, put a little scud or something on behind that bubble and just have fun. Yep. Hey, Bill, thanks for joining us, and thanks for sharing everything. You betcha. You have a great day, Terry. You bet. Bill Berglund from uh, Jack's. That's, he's at the East store. Loveland has two stores in East and West. The East has just expanded. It's now the biggest store in the Jack's lineup. And the West is the one that used to be the Kmart as you're going out of town. Hey, you know what? We're going to take a time out. When we come back, Chad Lachance is going to join us, and we're going to talk cooking. Chad always has some great uh, – I'm sure we'll get some fishing information out of him, too, as you know. But we're going to talk some cooking on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us is Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you this morning? You know, I'm doing great. We've been talking a lot about the outdoors, of course, and the weather and the changes. A lot more people are going to get out back camping and and hiking and camping with this weather is going to change on us and get some warm weather. And, you know, one of the experiences that one of the elements that makes that a good experience a lot of time is catching something and eating it and that's no more true than with fishing and i guess you're going to help us with some tasty ideas is that right yeah kind of some hacks terry because one of the things about camping is you don't want to haul the whole kitchen with you right so 
depending on how you're camping, you may not even have the ability to do that. So there's a few things over the years we've done. We filmed some of them for, for uh, Fistful Tinker as well. And I did some demonstrations over here at uh, Horse Tooth's uh, Larimer County Campgrounds here as part of the uh, their summer education series. But at the end of the day, there's some easy ways to make fish uh, delicious without having to bring a whole bunch of stuff with you. So I thought I'd talk about some of those. That sounds good to me, and you're going to make me hungry, so let's go out. <laughs> well, let's start with the backpacker because it's starting to get to be the season now where guys are really heading into the backcountry and, uh, and, and getting, you know, uh, way up in the hills, which is nice. The snow's finally coming off and, uh, and all that. And so nobody wants to carry very much weight. But one of the best things a guy can do is go up and eat a couple of brook trout or, or whatever kind of trout that you can catch. And I love to do that but I don't want to carry a bunch of weight and I'm certainly not going to carry my cast iron skillet. So you can put a kit together pretty easy with some, uh, a big piece of heavy duty uh, aluminum foil. And I do recommend heavy duty, not the regular because you're going to have to cook with it a little bit rustically. And I'll get into that. But besides that aluminum foil, which now becomes your vessel, uh, the way to make your fish taste good is a nice hack is to just bring some of those butter packets. You can buy them at the big box stores you can also poach them from KFC or wherever as far as that goes. But I realize somebody's going to yell, that's not real butter. I understand that. But it's got good water content in it as well. So it will add moisture. So you take your fish and a couple packets of those butter, and now you have a good possibility for cooking. And then from there, I will bring something like a gram, gram and a half of salt that has a tiny little bit of citric acid in it. And what that will do is take the place of lemon juice, or something, or white wine, or whatever acidity we would normally put in hey, there. Wait that a we minute, don't want wait a minute, it. wait a minute. Take the place of white wine? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are backpacking, Terry. We are backpacking. Okay, okay, we have to okay. A blast for this one. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, you need a little acidity in the fish and uh, to give it some pop and give it some flavor. Alternately, you can carry those little lemon packets as well, but if you don't want to carry those, a tiny little bit of citric acid, which I use for a lot of stuff in my cooking mixed in with your salt packet is going to give you an excellent possibility for flavoring your fish. So you can bring little little salt and pepper packets that you can get, again, at, at a fast food place, uh, squeeze butter and either squeeze lemon or add citric acid to your salt and, uh, and bring that up there. And then if you really want to get crazy, a little bit of herb blend. So I threw this whole thing together and put in it, we're talking less than four ounces, three ounces really of aluminum foil, butter, uh, you know, lemon and whatever to make my fish delicious. So then you basically, you know, you gut your fish, you behead it, you wrap it, you squeeze the butter inside the packet, season it with the salt and the herbs and roll the whole thing up and cook it on your campfire. You don't even have to have a jet boil or anything like that. You can do it on an open fire, assuming that's legal. And if not, you can cook it on just about any other heat source you have. So that's one really easy way to make a really delicious brook trout without carrying hardly any weight at all. Uh, and they another, and they cook oh, so ahead. quickly too when you're doing that. I mean, it doesn't take very long to get some really tasty fish. No, no, like a, a ten or eleven inch brook trout, a couple of those in a packet of foil will cook in like fifteen minutes if your fire's even remotely warm because the foil will do an excellent job of holding all the moisture inside there and it'll let some of the fat in the fish render and season it uh, as well or flavor it as well. So you don't lose any nutrients. You don't lose any flavor. It's uh, it's easy to pack your trash out. It's not heavy. So super delicious. Um, another hack that I like if you're car camping, let's say you're car camping. Uh, everyone likes pancakes and all that. I assume you're car camping. You have a heat source, a stove or a griddle. 
a little bit of Bisquick or pre-mixed stuff uh, like Bisquick can go a long ways towards making your fish really crispy and delicious. And you can use it either uh, with beer or Sprite or even water or milk or any number of other things to make it into a batter very easily. And it makes a very crispy batter. Or you can just roll it on fish dry and fry it, and it's really good that way as well. So that's a real good hack. And then you have the same ingredient. You don't have to carry different things. It's the same ingredients you would use to make your pancakes or your waffles. Or you can also make little fish dumplings I've done as well. You take some fish and throw it in a quick boil, uh, tear it up with a fork, mix it up with a bisquick into a little dumpling and fry it. And you have little fish balls that are delicious. So that's another good little hack there. And then one of my absolute favorites, which I even do at home, but to make it easy for a camping or a lakeside preparation is to take a a little Tupperware dish of some sort, put some mayonnaise in it, put some lemon juice in it or some white wine in it. And then whatever seasoning flavors you like uh, with fish, put that in your mayonnaise and then take that mayonnaise and then go catch yourself a walleye or a pike or some kind of fish that you're going to fillet brush it straight on the fish, right on the meat. Just rinse it, pat it dry, brush that mayonnaise right on the meat, and then throw it on a griddle of any kind or a cast iron skillet or whatever your heat source is. The mayonnaise will keep it from sticking. It will lubricate the flesh very nicely. It'll season and flavor it very nicely. And then all the seasonings that you put in that mayonnaise are already done. So you can taste it at home. Make sure you get the balance you want. Make sure everything's perfect. And then all that's contained in one, you know, three-tablespoon thing of mayonnaise so it's very very easy you don't have a lot of stuff to pack and again you can check your seasoning balance at home and make sure it's not too salty or too sour or whatever the case might be biggest thing is it's important to add a little bit of acidity no matter what with fish in my opinion a tiny little bit of acidity goes a long ways with fish or a lot of other food but especially fish and uh, so make sure you get that in your mayonnaise you know i use uh, mayonnaise even cooking salmon at home absolutely mayonnaise is is a hack it is. It also makes killer garlic bread, but we don't need to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but a, a, another one that I really like, and I learned this one in Mexico, this is particularly if I'm going to go somewhere where I'm dealing with a little bit stronger flavored fish, like maybe maybe white bass or wiper or maybe pike, uh, where we're dealing with pike, is to go kind of a Veracruz style. So it goes right back to kind of the mayonnaise. Take a cup of Tupperware dish. Uh, some chopped tomatoes, some capers, some olives, some onion, uh, again, a little bit of acidity of some kind, a little bit of wine in there. Mix all that together in your Tupperware dish at home. And then when you fillet your fish, you can either put that in a foil packet with it, or you can put it in a skillet with it, or you can put it over a fire. But that Veracruz mixture of stuff and there's it could be a variety of things but basically classically you're going to have capers and the stuff i listed uh very very good on a piece of fish a piece of grilled fish a piece of roasted fish but it's it's a strong flavor profile so i don't want to necessarily do that with a perfect fresh walleye you know i'm going to do that with something that's got maybe a little bit more robust flavor to it and again you prep it all at home and you don't have to carry a whole bunch of stuff with you when you're camping and it's easy to clean up now, folks, if you are listening and you want these tips, I will post this uh, this segment on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Uh, you know, Chad, it's just eating some of the fish you catch is just part of the experience. Real quick, though, we got about two, three minutes left. I want to switch gears on you. And how's the water level and the bite at Horsetooth? Uh, water level still coming up. It's uh, it's within about 18 inches of full pool at this point. So it's uh, it's there's a lot of water in the pond right now. 
Um, it, all the trees, everything's all flooded out. The bite has been hit or miss. The weather's really keeping it um, kind of all over the board. I go out one day and I'm just absolutely nuking them. And then you have to completely change it up to catch them again the next day. So there's definitely fish biting, but I'm not sure if they're moving around or if they're biting in short windows. But uh, but it's not easy to catch fish right now. It's easy to catch small fish right now, but to catch, you know, the fish we all like to catch, they're not that easy to catch right this minute. I think part of that has to do with the fact that the bass are in a post-spawn deal and the water's come up so much uh, and there's a ton of bait. I mean, if you go walk the banks right now, there's tons of tadpoles and tiny little yellow perch and little bass and little, you know, all the different species and there's tons of that. So for me to be consistent right now is requiring small lures, like very small lures. And uh, I've been testing a new bait for Berkeley for a while and um, it's called a power switch, and it's available in the 16th ounce. It's only an inch and a half long, and that's been my most consistent bait right now, which is really unusual for me, as you know. Yeah, it really is, and I think we're we're hearing good fishing and some good bites across the state, but we're also hearing, but most a lot of those we're hearing from some of the better anglers. The water's come up so fast, and now the water temperatures are going to come up fairly fast again in the next week doesn't mean the fish aren't eating it just means there's a lot of change going on they they end up getting repositioned because of the changing water levels and temperatures i think and and with the bait now starting to spawn yeah absolutely there is uh it is definitely a volatile fishery right now and like i said i'm not sure if they're not always just not biting or they're moving around a bunch i think it's a combination thereof but um there's definitely fish to be caught and the fish are, are like said coming off the spawn the bass here are looking really rough to be honest with you terry they had a really rough spawn about one out of every three i catch is beat up pretty bad and to the point where i've actually laid off on them some because i feel kind of bad for them they took a beating this year during the spawn but uh, they're off that now and they're all healing up and starting to get their act back together the walleye bite for me has been been inconsistent which has been the same for a couple of years there are definitely some walleyes to be caught but you need to fish probably late in the evening is the best bet for that and then all the rest of the species the trout are roaming and doing doing what they do uh trollers are catching them high in the water column for sure uh and doesn't seem to matter where you troll i mean you can troll down the main lake or south bay or any of the pockets any of the coves there's definitely trout to be had and they're anywhere from about i don't know 10 inches to 10 pounds so it's just a matter of which ones you run into and then there's a few of the wipers in here they keep stocking a few every year uh, they are not white bass. They are wipers. So I'm hoping people will keep those, uh, put them back in here. I've seen some significant harvest on those, but they're not stocking very many of them. And they will get huge if they get an opportunity in here. But uh, but I'm seeing a lot of them leave as, as 10 to 12 inches. So hopefully uh, some guys will let off on some of those. But they are available, and uh, and you can catch a few of those. But, again, they're where you find them. All right. We are out of time, my friend. Uh, people want more information from you. It's Fishful Thinker on social media and fishfulthinker.com. Yes, sir, and YouTube as well, and I'd appreciate it very much if they'd check it out. All right, we will talk to you again soon, Chad. Thanks. Chad LaChance, right, always thanks, a sir. great resource. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. A uh, couple of housekeeping things you want to take up. First of all, happy Father's Day today, tomorrow, to everybody out there. Get out and create some memories. Uh, congratulations to the Nuggets. I didn't say that during this uh, this show. 
And I'm a huge sports fan. Those of you that follow this know I've been on the fan since 1998. I was a season ticket holder with the Nuggets, a big Broncos fan, all the sports. We just, uh, myself and my family, Karen, we all we all go and enjoy a lot of those sports. So congratulations to the Nuggets. It's, uh, gosh, I followed them through the Doug Moe era and uh, a lot of different things. And it's just been great to see them finally get it. Um, follow us. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. We post uh, podcasts from the show on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We put the fishing report there. We put links to new stuff we add to our YouTube channel. And then what you're following is don't forget about our music social media, Wickstrom and Dobrith. We have a new single coming out. Now, I'm not going to give you a date. It's written. The music is done. I have to get in the studio and do the vocals, but and then we'll do a photo shoot. But hopefully that will come out soon. Now, is Mr. Dan Jacobs in the studio? Uh, I am here. You know, I've been thinking, you know, we got this uh, this new mentors programs and things we're doing at the station and thinking of the outdoors and my family mentorship has been coming up in the show a lot today. And then I kind of thought back to when my kids were in high school and I realized that I probably changed and shaped your life by being a mentor when I coached you to a state championship. You know, it's true. And you know what's funny uh, coach is that when I was hosting overnights two to 8, six a.m. the night of the Nuggets championship with DMac, my my partner in that state championship texted in after all these years. God, what's it been thirty years? Uh, I'm only thirty five, so it can't be that long. Yeah, you know, it was a few years ago. But you know, one time I was hosting with Brandon Stokely, and he was he's bragging about you know I don't know a couple Super Bowl championships, and I'm like. Yeah, but that's a team event. You know, like I was a state champion, you know, myself in bowling. So, you know, hey, we're about even, you know, Brandon. You know, take that, you know, <laughs> that type thing. Uh, hey, um, real quick, uh, one quick sports question I'll ask you, and then we'll get out of here so you can start your show. The training camp, at least the OTAs and going into training camp, looks like it's going to be a lot more intense this year, a lot more physical. Now, last year they tried to keep the team healthy, and half of them got injured anyway, and they certainly didn't perform well. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, so far, so good. I was always on the Sean Payton train. I thought he was made the most sense. Early reports are that, yeah, he's a no-nonsense guy. I like the fact that there was no field day, no, no what do they call ICs, no, no ice cream trucks or whatever. It's like you got to earn those things. Chad Brown had been saying that forever. There's a time and place for you know those things and all that stuff and they haven't won anything yet so i i like the approach i thought maybe just maybe a unique circumstance maybe they could go down some team building going down to the parade or something uh, but he said no we're here to do business take care of business and i kind of like it all right well i will let you go i'll close out this show and you can talk some sports thank you coach all right thanks dan Hey, we're going to wrap it up. Remember, like I said, follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Follow us on YouTube, uh, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. A lot of the fishing we talked about today is on our YouTube channel. Now, those are legacy programs from our 22 seasons on broadcast television. But uh, there's a lot of good information that was filmed right here in your backyard. And our music, you know, we're having a lot of fun. A Hall of Fame musician. Uh, Mark Dobreth uh, has joined me, and I've re- resurrected my music interests. And we've got, I think, five or six singles out there now. We'll have another one coming out soon. So give it a listen. You, you can give us a critical comment if you want. But social media, Wickstrom and Dobreth, 
uh, or any of your favorite streaming services. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Dante, who normally operates the board on our show and say, get well quick, Dante. He had an injury and we wish him the best. And also want to say, Kevin Kistner, thank you for filling in. You did yeoman's work. Everything went really well. We had a great show today. And of course, as always, thanks, Karen, for putting this thing together, keeping me in line and, and everything else she does. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and sports with Dan Jacobs on 104.3 The Fan.